Welcome to Healthcare and Hire, a podcast for healthcare professionals and aspiring healthcare executives looking for information, association, and inspiration from higher-level leaders across the healthcare industry. I'm Iqbal Acha, career consultant, healthcare recruiter, and registered pharmacist. Every week, I sit down to interview healthcare executives, clinical leaders, medical entrepreneurs, and industry experts to learn how they got to where they are today, what they see as the future of healthcare, and what they're doing to make healthcare more accessible, affordable, and effective. Let's find out more about today's guest. Dr. Maria Sampalis is the founder of Corporate Optometry Network, a nationwide group dedicated to empowering corporate optometrists. She works to promote leadership skills, business acumen, and professional networking for over 65,000 eye care providers through her blogs, events, and consulting services. Dr. Sampalis started the Corporate Optometry Network in 2015, which now includes corporate optometry careers, Corporate OD Insider Magazine and Corporate OD Alliance. She also serves on the editorial advisory board for both Optometry Times and Ophthalmology360.com. In addition, she continues to see patients at several independently owned practices. Dr. Sampalis graduated with her doctorate degree from the New England College of Optometry and has a bachelor's degree from Northeastern University. Hello, Dr. Sampalis. Welcome to the Healthcare and Hire podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on here today. I've watched your podcast, listened to your podcast in the past, and you have some great speakers. Um, so it's an honor to be invited among those those speakers. Uh, I'm happy to add you to the the growing list. And you you know don't don't sell yourself short, uh, Dr. Sampalis. You have a credible, a very heavy belt of accomplishments and achievements that rank you equally with everyone. So I'm, I'm very glad that you're here. Um, you know, there's, we're, we're recording this today, like you're my first interview of 2023. Uh, very excited to have you on the show and, and really dive into your career and the many wonderful things that you have done to help benefit other optometrists, uh, as well as other allied health professionals that have taken a page from your book. Uh, for those, you know, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are meeting you for the very first time. Why don't we take this opportunity and have you formally introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what your role is, and, and how do you help take healthcare to a higher level? Yeah. Uh, so I'm Dr. Maria Sampalis. I, I graduated New England College of Optometry in 2007. Um, been practicing almost 16 years now, which is crazy how fast it's gone. And I, I, you know, I really think of myself as an optometrist, right? And and everything else that's come out of it. Optometry is such a great profession. There's so many different things that we can do. And um, from from there, like I came out of school, there was so many opportunities. Uh, I always wanted to have my own practice and and found a niche within corporate optometry um, that 
for me was what I wanted to do to start my own, have my own practice started from there and just, just exploded with a lot of different opportunities that came from it. Um, but really, um, over the last five, six years, what I've done is I created this platform and this platform I started was on Facebook and, 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 you know, started it and it's really grown on Facebook. It, the, it was called corporate optometry and um, it's grown to about 31,000 members and then expanded the platform as well on Instagram and, and LinkedIn. So I have a large platform and I've, I've let ODs, it's not about me. It, it, the, the platform is really about ODs, giving them a voice in the industry, having information out there about this topic. And it's expanded to a lot of different topics over the years, um, whether it's, it is corporate optometry or other business aspects or mentoring or women in optometry, a lot of things like that. Um, so I've been very fortunate to be able to put this together, but it's really led by the members in the group. And that's what the group's all about, is, is about the members. And with this, you know, over time, um, I've been able to meet a lot of people in the industry, um, mentor some ODs, um, give them my two cents of what I think um, they should do as they ask me for advice. It is super flattering still to this day to get someone to private message me and ask me, what do you think about this? And and just talk and just, you know, just, I give them my thing and they take my advice, um, hoping it's good advice that I give. Um, but I'll have doctors that contact me and say, hey, you told me to do this a couple of years ago and, and it's worked. And I said, yeah, that kind of sounds like me, what that saying <laughs> and those things. But it's been very fulfilling for me to be able to, you know, get outside just the lane instead of just seeing patients and really helping shape the future of optometry. It's been very gratifying for me and making a difference for um, young ODs, old ODs, female ODs, and, and ODs in corporate optometry that really never had um, a voice and never really had a place per se, unfortunately, in the industry. You know, I, and there's so many things I want to peel. It's like an onion with so many layers that I want to peel. But I, I want to start by helping the audience sort of like level set, because I know when people think optometrist, right, they many of them have an understanding of what an optometrist does. But when we use the word corporate optometry, right, there's still lots of stripes and lots of variations. Um, and, and to give better context for the listener today, like your alliance that you founded is it's not just like, you know, an organization that empowers optometrists in these different spaces like you offer certain services uh, and, you know, in, in different ways where they are able to not just feel educated, empowered, but then enlightened to be able to actually take actionable steps. So as part of your, as part of the brand that you've created, like, you know, with these uh, 30,000 to 65,000 people that I understand now that where your alliances really uh, have had an impact with, like you offer career services, you've offered an opportunity for, again, continuing education, uh, you offer consulting services, and really that networking, that the value that you provide for these optometrists that are working in different Different stripes in different areas of the country uh, really brings them together. So when we think about like how you've been able to coalesce or aggregate all of these different practicing healthcare professionals within the eye space uh, and eye care space to come together and talk about like what's their challenge and, and how you help them with that, I think is really, really remarkable. 
you also strike me as a very strong and uh, strong and empowered uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, like a lot of optometrists. And again, I'm not trying to generalize here, but I do see that many optometrists have, uh, just like pharmacists, like they have this idea, like, oh, this is where I'm at today, and this is where I need to go. So follow the straight line, and you sort of are like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go ahead, uh, and we're going to create something that's meaningful, that actually has value. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you know you've been able to do. I mean, you you've talked about a lot of these optometrists that have come to you uh, based on conversations and, and the work that you do now. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about Corporate OD Alliance, right? Like, you know, I know that I just saw one of your videos and you had talked about, and this was a couple of years back, about how many members there are today. Um, you know, if I was a corporate optometrist, first and foremost, why, what what would qualify me to become a member of the of CODA or Corporate OD Alliance? Uh, and then, you know, what are some of the things that I should immediately expect? And, and and how do you define what a corporate optometrist is? Let's probably start there. Sure. So let's let's define that. So there really wasn't a definition out there per se the thing. And then ever since the group, the Facebook group has grown corporate optometry, it's got a lot of traction. We made some um, leaps in the industry on on getting you know this subject out there. There wasn't any information, and 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 that's how I started it too. I, I needed information, couldn't get it from it. And where do you get it from? I mean, you just get it from certain corporation what they want want you to do. And it's like again, it it's it has to benefit the OD, correct? So um, started that, and you know what what I found, and, and put this together with with Pentavision, we have we put together a magazine called Corporate Optometry Today, and we came up with a definition together, um, saying that if if the OD um, is either renting space or working um, under a corporation that's not owned by an OD then um, they would be under um, the umbrella of corporate optometry for that. So they're leasing space, they're um, renting space, um, selling selling contacts and and doing the eye exams. And, and that would be that. that. That's the definition that we kind of came up with um, with them and 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 started that. And and it's been amazing to me to to say that, I kind of brought this category on for just, you know, being at the basement of Sears Optical, you know, five, six years ago saying, hey, I, there's no information out here. You know, doctors need a voice. It's it's amazing to really look back on it now um, and see how far it's come. It's It's been very rewarding. And the group has grown, the corporate uh, optometry group. And then from there, kind of stemmed out as the group evolved, continued to evolve as it needs, just kind of listening to the members or what the questions that they're asking. So originally started with like a job website and then doctors like resumes, um, how to interview for positions. So I, I write blogs and then uh, presenting to corporations that there is a need and, and they need people to fill positions, right? They're opening new stores. I think that the sector of the industry is really growing. Um, I think corporate optometry is about 30% of the industry. And I think even with private equity, there might be some debates on this to say that private equity is within this segment. You know, I believe it is. And it's really tremendously grown. It's going to grow tremendously over the next couple of years too. Um, so there's going to be a need for that. And, and able to really, I was able to create that um, website and kind of did it from scratch. I built the websites and, um, and 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 grow and grown them and um you know blogs and like things like that with SEO and um you know the strategy to put it together so I have um, some major uh players that work with me and I've done pretty well in the recruiting standpoint from that and um from after that just paying attention to what the members of the group are looking for 
And a lot of practice management questions, starting subleases, questions on, on technology, things like that, and, and then develop uh, corporateoptometry.com, um, how to start a sublease, how to hire a doctor, how to grow a business, medical model, um, things to watch out for when you when you start a sublease to, to know days of the week, operation, um, the questions to ask, things like that, contract negotiations, a lot of things that I've learned and just talking to ODs every, you know, every day um, and getting information out there. So the whole strategy there was to have a resource. So created that website, corporateoptometry.com, but also to get emails, right? I think from a marketing business standpoint, to grow a brand, you need emails, you need, you need eyes on the website and you need it to be also not to be funneled into just the group, but out in Google world into the web, right? There'd be a lot of information and, and just looking at the analytics, the, how much it's grown over the years and how many people like search certain uh, documents um, for their, their um, own self for their own information. I mean, I had one doctor private message me said she downloaded, um, I don't know if this is good or bad, and she downloaded uh, uh, documents for sale uh, practice for sale um, in corporate optometry because she was getting a divorce to show her husband, hey, it's it's <laughs> we made good money at the time, but um, you know this is what the documents or the files are worth. Um, so that's been kind of great to to be the thought leader on that um, on that subject and that and that situation where um, there really wasn't in, any information and. Um, you know, the Corporate OD Alliance was was developed a couple of years after that, more to kind of bring ODs together for education, uh, vendor um, discounts, things like that. And uh, it seemed to me that there was just talking different uh, vendors and companies that they kind of wanted that official alliance. Um, so put that together. Currently, that has about 800 members in the last two years. So that's fast growth compared to a lot of buying groups if, or, or alliances. Um, so that's been good. And, and it's more like the strategy part of it, right? Putting it together, theorizing, like you have a game plan and you're able to execute it and, and do well. And, 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 and there's times there's not, it hasn't done well, but you have to have a strategy. Okay. If it doesn't, what do you do next? And um, that's been very, why I keep doing it. Like, I, I love what I do. I, I love the business aspects. Like you're right. Like we have this path and I want it to go 70 miles an hour since I came out of school. And it seems like, Hey, what are you doing? Stay back. Everyone's going 30. Why are you going to any, but you know, you take your own path and sometimes you just take the leap and you know, you do well or you don't do well and just keep going. And um, that's why, you know, this network has grown because I do love it. And, and, and what kind of fuels the fire sometimes is a lot of these things, when I first started it, just to get information, uh, contacts out there, it wasn't easy and, you know, had a lot of rejection or couldn't write for any magazines because nobody knew who Maria Sampolis was, or I didn't have a sponsor to, to say, let her, you know, write and things like that and, and continued to still so I said, you know, that's fine. I just got to prove myself. My father wasn't an optometrist. My mother wasn't, had no, you know, first generation OD. Um, so that's what the websites, you know, continued to write these blogs. I think up to date have about 300 blogs out there. And they're not Shakespeare. They're not great sometimes, but the, con <laughs> the content's out there. And 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 I and that's what I want to tell ODs, Liz, is that, like, if whatever your goal is, 
you know, you might not, it might not be the right path for you that everyone else took. Everyone takes a different, but you got to put the work in and the effort and then it gets easier as you go because you get the momentum to build it. And um, it's been, it's been great how over the years it's grown and not, and now it's been a little easier and I kind of afraid of when it gets easier because then you, then people get comfortable and stagnant and that's when your competitors can, can uh, surpass you. Um, so kind of try to find ways to continue to get motivated to to do things. So let's talk about that for a moment, right? Because I mean, like we've had such a weird couple of years, right? Like for the last three years with the pandemic, a lot of things have changed. You know, you, you still see a lot of individuals coming out with like these ideas in a 2020 mindset. Uh, and then they're still trying to work through with old strategies, right? But you've also talked about a lot of how CODA's had the opportunity to take member feedback and then provide that value. So, you know, as we talk about a brand new year, it's 2023, you know, what are some of the things that has helped you re-strategize or create or formulate a new strategy for this upcoming year based on member feedback? Like, what are you hearing from members today where they're saying, this is like completely not available? I have no idea where to begin and and you're stepping in with like well aha we have this like you mentioned the blogs you've mentioned the events uh and you know i, I want to hear more about that but is there something that you would say is like q1 q2 or on that radar where you're sort of like yeah we we've you know we've heard this over and over again uh and we're we're taking a leap forward in this initiative and we want to bring this to our members because we know it's a pain point for them yeah, I think education uh, events are super important now. I think with COVID, really did a good service to optometry with online events, where before it was it was questionable and, and it's going back and forth. And um, I think that's been a great thing. And I think it's an opportunity for me and my group to capture that, um, where it was harder to do in-person events because of the uplift that it was. Um, but the the uplift that I've done over the last five, six years, I have the email database. I have the, the, the following, I, um, you know, and, and it's easy if it's, if it's, if you can get a sponsor, it's easy if you, if it's free. Right. And um, so it's easy to get these doctors signed up. And I think that's important too, to get that message out, but also have put together a course on, you know, intro to corporate optometry sublease, which has been great lectured at, at, um, Seco did it at AOA past. Um, we'll see who, who accepts and what they want to do this year. And it's a new concept. So I have to develop data. I have to uh, do surveys in my group, get that information that's not out there. And, and, and from, you know, bringing different brands together, because one brand's not the same as the other. And how do you bring that objectively together? Yeah. So doing the surveys is, is make the group more like uh, authority figure in this space, right? So it's, it, it shows the value. You have the data to put these things together. Um, so that's been kind of good. And this has been a one person show for the last five, six years. Entirely. I mean, that's, that's a heck of a lot of work. <laughs> My God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Started. Yeah. Started from scratch, um, built it up and it continued to maintain it. And over the years, I mean, it's just, it, it has been a lot of work. Have had a full-time practice now have three practices, just hire an OD and you know, and I, I work three, three days a week in, in, in the practice. And it seems like I have all this time now. It's so like, what do I do with myself with all this time? Because over time you, you, you get up and, and, and it's momentum, right? You build it, you build it, you do it. And, and, and you find a way to, to make it happen. And when you have some downtime, it's like, okay, what am I doing? What next can I do with this time that I have? 
And it's, I'm not staying up till eight, 10 o'clock at night, guys. I'm not taking away time from the family or things like that. But for the eight hours that I'm at work or six hours that I see patients in between, we're doing things, conference calls during lunch break, podcasts, morning, the kids are off the bus. I have an hour and a half, whatever the case is, um, multitasking. Um, so you just got to kind of plan. Even when we talked, when you introduced me on this podcast, you said you got back to me right away and um, we set up a time and, and, and got it done. So that's how I am. It's, it's, it's right to the point. It's, it's getting it done um, right now because tomorrow another opportunity comes up and what else can, what else can happen? So um, I think just being persistent and, you know, having that schedule to do that, that's, I think it's been, it's been great. And, um, you know, started a podcast last year and it's for myself and we did almost about 80, 80 last year. Eight um, zero. <laughs> oh my lot. God, Maria. I don't know how my, I can compete with that. So <laughs> they, were, they were live. They were live podcast. And um, are you a glutton for punishment, my friend? That's yes, a yes. lot. Yes. Yes. So here's the thing. So when, when, when people say like business wise, right. From a business standpoint, like, how can you compete? I think it's just work ethic. It's the more you do. And I think it's also, you kind of, you know, don't know your competitors don't know what you're doing, what you know, but I'm also the type where I've seen in the industry leaders of companies or leader, people want to have their own business. They're not going to put the extra effort in or they're not going to do it. I know who's going to kind of know who's going to get ahead and who's going to succeed um, just from the work ethic. Uh, I, I know when I try to interview some people, the people that I've have been super successful over the last 20 years that I we interview on the I interview on the cast uh, that are leaders in the industry, they get back to me right away. They say, I can do this time. This is blocked off for for special things, and they get it done and and then they move on. They 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 they, they and I've seen that, and that's a tr good trait that they have. Um and they also know that there's going to be failures. So for me to get better public speaking, I said, well, I'm not, if I want to go to conference speak out, how do I get, how do I do it? I can't, who am I going to practice in front of my husband, my kids? It's, it's, it's a good environment. It's an easy environment, right? right? Well, let's see how we can do under pressure, time crunch, got a schedule uh, and it's live. Yeah. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So so this is a way for me to practice, but I get so much more out of it, too, because I was interviewing a lot of key opinion leaders in the industry, people that I w looked up to. And I said, well, how can I get there mm -hmm. and, and get them? Get, I was getting more advice, too. It's like it seems like they were mentoring me on the podcast and we were getting this information out there and it was live. So there was errors. But, you know, I mean, the most embarrassing moment you remember it can't be any worse than what it was right i love um, that i so, love that attitude i love that spirit and it's very accurate like you have a great high sense of urgency and you have the ability to prioritize which is where most of the successful people that i've ever met you know understand like hey if it needs to get done there's no excuse just make it happen right and 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 that's what people do which i really appreciate maria you know when you think about the corporate landscape um, of optometry in the next couple of years like how do you see things changing like there's so many and i want to talk about something else but i want to ask this question first right 
right? Because I think there's a lot of trepidation as to, you know, oh my God, there's inflation, there's a recession, we're not quite sure what's going to happen, uh, whether you're a new grad or an old grad, right? Like, I mean, the same questions get popped up, but, you know, you're in a very unique position to see a lot of the changes and you've been through quite a few, you know, yourselves along with your peers. Like, how would you predict or how would you share, you know, guidance and advice for other people that are trying to embrace uh, uncertainty over the next two or three years? Like, what would you say the, the landscape of corporate optometry will look like in 2025? Yeah. Um, so I wrote an article on this future of corporate optometry um, even before COVID. Um, so I think with private equity, I think that's going to change a lot of the landscape that's going to mix around some uh, ODs and and that were in private practice, more in corporate, maybe, whether they stay in the private equity or they look for other options. Um, consolidation, I think some corporations will be bought out by others that will merge together. Um, telemedicine is a big thing too. Telemedicine, as long as right now with the COVID, I mean, you know, after COVID, it seems like it's shortage of doctors, hard to find doctors. Um, you know, these corporations need to, you know, stay open, right? So telemedicine, I think, uh, has changed. Um, so, you know, some some have gone online as well, as instead of just you know in store telemedicine uh, with all the technology and things like that. Um, and it's not to, you know, exclude the OD. It's just because it's, they have to, it's a business, right? They have to keep the doors open. They have to service certain patients. There's certain doctors that will, are, are shortage in certain areas. So they need telemedicine services. And I, and I think what we'll start to see is because it, just me talking to young ODs, it seems like a lot of them just want to be employed. And I think we'll start to see a, a more of an employed model. Um, some corporations are, you know, changing sublease models in certain areas that they can legally to accommodate ODs that that just want to be employed. Um, for me, um, I've always been pro like self-employment and things like that, but it seems like the younger ODs coming out that I talk to just, you know, just want to see patients and, and um, you know, not buy practices or, you know, have a sublease option. Um, so that is something as well. And, you see um, states changing their rules to accommodate for this growing trend. I mean, I know that you know as a recruiter for many years, there were a lot of states that had you know laws on the you know boards. Boards would not allow for that. They were like, nope, this is just not acceptable in our state. Um, and I you know I believe that that's started to shift in the last couple of years, maybe decade or so. But do you think it's going to double down faster? I I don't know. I mean, the thing is too, like it's been it's who's on the board, what their perception is of certain things. It's good. The group's been good to been open to a lot of different uh, optometrists. It's not just corporate ODs in the group. I mean, I, I don't even think there's 31,000 corporate ODs at this point. Um, so there's private practitioners in the group. So I think we've changed the the mindset and the myths that are out there. Um, so a lot of people don't know. Even just doing the uh, podcast that I did over the summer, it was the world of optometry, just interviewing doctors, optometrists all over the world, right? Just to see what 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 it is. And I, they would say, you know, you're doing corporate commerce. There's still a misconception all over the world about it. Um, but for me, it was a learning experience to say, well, what's going on there? We should be so fortunate here in, in, in the U.S. for the scope of practice. And a lot of us take for granted to even put a dilating drop in. And um, for me, it was the podcast was was very enlightening and empowering and just gratitude towards optometry of what we can do here. Cause a lot of them say they're jealous of all our scope and stuff, but it took work to do that, um, to expand. But for me, it was like telling the doctors here, Hey, look, see what's going on over there. Um, that could happen here. If, if all you do is complaining about 
what you're complaining about vision plans, you're complaining about this. Yes, those aren't great things for yes, I agree. I'm not saying I'm not saying yes, do a four dollar sign, but there's a there's a lot of things, a lot of obstacles. And, and if you're just stuck in your lane and not worried, not not educating yourself on a lot of other things, then you're gonna be left behind. So um, this 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 may kind of dovetail back into the a comment that you made at the beginning, right? Like there's always been this sort of stigma around corporate autometry that you had to help overcome. And that, that was one of the impetuses of why you started Coda. You know, let's talk a little bit about that for maybe some of the audience members that aren't familiar. Like what were some of the things that maybe you heard early on in your career that kind of led you to believe like, why, why, are, why do people think like this? Uh, and then do you still feel that those are being perpetuated today in the greater screen of, opt of, of, of optometry. Yeah. I mean, when I started the group, um, when I tried to reach out to, um, other media outlets, things like that. And, um, you know, uh, saying like, nobody cares, nobody, you know, it's just, it's a place where, um, you start off I'm not, you know, it's not, people want to go into private practice and, um, the group started and then found that a lot of doctors like it. There's some doctors that don't like it for whatever reason, what, but one corporation might be better than another. They might like one company for whatever reason and, 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 and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've had some negativity, but I let the, you know, in the group, the doctors are allowed to, to voice their opinions and what they like. And I always say, it's not, you're, you can't be on the outside talking in like the doctors that are within this sector saying that they don't like this move that this corporation and they work for them, that should be enlightening to the corporation that aren't in, you know, seeing patients every day. It's like, what can we make better for our doctors to, to enhance the experience and uh, enhance our, make our job easier too. Right. Like I always say, they need you to go to work so they can keep their job. I mean, I'm sorry to be so blind, but that's the truth. Right. Um, you need a doctor and, and it's the, the doctor, retention is high if 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 the doctor's happy there right the patient the doctor's saying it's harder to to recruit more i think somebody told me to fill a spot it cost the company a hundred thousand dollars just to fill a spot i mean that's a lot um but yeah i mean other myths have been you know not prescribing just doing refractions not doing medical model um and 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 the patients don't follow you the retention's low there, there's a lot of things and um no, the group, the group itself, the doctors post themselves and what, what they have. And there's pros and there's cons. And, and the reason the group has grown is because it's authentic, right? It's been thing. And, and, and I'll, and, be, and I'll go out now, talk to different doctors and I'll say, this is my scenario. We, I went to a conference. It was a practice management conference and we talk numbers. And so I, I have a private practice uh, we talk number, and then I talk about my my corporate practice too, and the 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 light bulb goes off. So they're like, "How do I get that?" And so I'm like, "Well, well, I, well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you, you said you didn't want to go into that. You don't do that. You know, <laughs> like, but you know, it's it's an opportunity. I see, right? So for ODs that are nervous, I want I want to have a private practice. I think that a lot of them will go into corporate optometry, get comfortable, build a patient base. If they want to stay, they stay. If they want to buy a practice, they'll have additional income, easy, faster than working for somebody else. If they want to move their sublease and open cold, per se, they have some kind of patient base that will follow them instead of starting. So I think there is an opportunity and, you know, have really worked with the AOA um, to get information out there, get doctors on board to, to the leadership positions. 
Um, you know, there were some doctors on the uh, leadership summit, um, the leadership um, development uh, course that I just took on there um, and been involved. So th that has been, that's been excellent. Um, been involved with getting speakers for, um, from corporations, uh, doctors on panels. So Allergan had the viewity thing. So, so a lot of uh, corporate ODs on it uh, from different brands and things like that. Companies now, contact lens companies want to have you know, a, a, a corporate OD speak with their. So they have like a Walmart brand doctor, let's say, and they they speak for Alcon. They're going to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to have you do all the Walmart events because so you can relate to them, right? Um, so that's been great to see those things, ODs in those positions, leadership positions, Um and and I and I want to say that the group has really done that, but it's took taken so long, and it's been such an uplift. Um, there's been a lot of negative feedback over the years, um, where now it's it's kind of normal. And and I always say like it's good to get that negative feedback because you're doing something right, and it just makes you stronger. And 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 you instead of getting that like feedback and say like, hey, can tell me what I'm doing right and doing wrong, your friend might just make it look more comfortable, easier, right? Not going to tell you all your, but you're, the people that are more critical, that's how you grow your business, anything, right? From your competitors or people that might not like you for whatever reason, unfortunately. And I always say, you don't need to be liked. You just have to be respected. But that negative feedback that I was getting over the years, different times, even from major players in the industry and big corporations and CEOs, I well, it was great to get that because- well, I, I'm going to pay all this money for a consultant to tell me why not get it from your competitors, right? And that's how you learn. And <laughs> and just thinking outside the box on those things. So for me, it's been it's been great to do that. And um, now, you know, ODs are 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 getting a chance, having a a, a place at the table, different positions, whether it's AOA expo seek whatever the case is um speaking opportunities and things like that um and it's been great to be able to um help some of those these ods uh if they want something in the industry and be able to promote them so i'll promote them in my network say hey this doctor is at walmart she's doing this amazing stuff with ortho k and she's a myopia management specialist and she's you know that might not have gotten the spotlight before because of her setting, but she's doing the same thing and she built it on that. And, and now she's, you know, speaker and, and out there and, and, and information because that's her passion. So it doesn't matter the where you practice or where you is. And I think that's, that's one of the good things uh, in the industry that's kind of changed a little bit and um, companies using it as strategy too, to find, you know, uh, we have our private practice strategy Okay. Oh, we do need a corporate commerce strategy. Look, there's 30,000 members. So um, that's, that's, that's been amazing to. Yeah. Stay. It must be nice to be the bellwether. <laughs> Outstanding. We'll be right back after this short break. Maria, we've talked a lot about, you know, corporate optometry. We've talked about Coda. Let's talk a little bit more about you. Like you've had a pretty interesting career throughout the course of time. You've mentioned again that you've, you know, spoken on multiple stages uh, for large organizations. I mean, you've done quite a bit, right? And so I've, I'm always curious to know, like, what is it that, 
you know, sparks uh, an entrepreneur or just sparks a professional to be able to take this kind of journey? Like, were there people that you sort of gravitated towards or maybe people that took you under their wing to say, hey, you know, Maria, I see this in you uh, and I really want to help develop that in you. Are there mentors that you would, you know, you know, acknowledge on the show? Um, or was this like a one woman, you know, one woman uh, story where you were just sort of driven from the start? I'd love to know your origins. Yeah, so... Um, you know, I, my family is, um, my father's a business, so kind of grew up in that aspect. Um, but he's not an optometrist. So when I was in school, I've been with my husband almost 20 years now. So I was in school. I was like, I want to come out of school and have my own business. This is what I want. He's <laughs> hearing it every day. And finally it became what I wanted. And I love it. I mean, I, I love it. And, um, you know, it would have been great to have, um, a mentor to kind of get me that, but the path that I took was a lot different. Mm -hmm. And, um, so for me, um, kind of did it by myself and it's been harder. I wish I did have a sponsor to be, I think I would have moved faster, but you know what? I don't think, I don't think I would have appreciated more now looking at the journey, uh, if I, if I had someone else doing that and the harder you work, the work ethic that you put in the amount and you build these building blocks. Like I always say, it's harder for a competitor or someone to take it away instead of just someone opening a door for you. Um, because that's all they can do. Sometimes you have to, they, they can only take you so far and you have to do the work. So for me, um, I did write an article. I said, sometimes if you don't have a mentor, it's not a problem. Like you can be self-made if you want to be, but you have to put the effort in, you have to do the work, you have to read the articles, you have to think outside the box, you have to be motivated. Um, it, on days that you don't want to do something, you, you have to get up and do it again. You had a bad day today. How am I going to make up for tomorrow for what we did today? So I'll tell you, like in my practice, um, I think any business owner would have should know, like, the per patient transaction, what they should make per uh, hour to, for staff, what their staff goal, the goal should be at the end of the day. So we have a goal that we have to hit every day for a number wise. If we don't hit it, then I say, what are we doing the next day to meet it? And, um, and, and, and how do we prepare for busy times of the year? So if you, I'm a sports fan. So I think of business as, as like a sport, right? So how do we, uh, how do I prepare for busy time of the year? Like how, do, like doctors, like I'm so tired. Like it's so busy. We saw 25 patients today. We're usually seeing 15. How do you prepare? Well, you can kind of create that environment, right? That stress environment, that, that thing. So when you do come up to it, that you're ready, your brain's ready, your mode, like your body like knows how to react to it. Same thing, putting yourself in that situation um, is how I think of it. So they're like, how do you do all this stuff? Well, well, the podcast, like I was doing over the summer, doing first thing in the morning, right? So you get up, you do it, you, you get them out the door, you, you do that. So when busy time of the year comes, it's just regular. Like it's not stressful. You don't break down. You know how to do it. It's the same thing. It's like training. So it's just like where Kobe Bryant came out and said, hey, um, I want to be the best. Well, when I went to the NBA, they got there. People got comfortable, right? They don't do anything more. Well, he'd go and train and he's like, okay, well, how can I train more to be stronger? Well, I used to, used to get up at four in the morning and train, got an extra training. So by the time he got to a certain pinnacle, it was hard for other people to keep up because he was so used to that. And it wasn't, it was a momentum. It was like a snowball effect. It wasn't hard for him to do it because he's used to it. And then he still rested finally time and everything else. And then once he got to that point, then it's how else can I get better? 
it's, it's the same thing with strategy in a business. What, what do I do well? What do I don't do well? How can I complement it? And how can I work on it? Um, just like with public speaking, you know, it was another way with the podcast to get, you know, there's 65,000 members if they want to watch it, right. Um, to get uncomfortable, but to, to work with it and, 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 and be able to scale it. But Maria, it takes a certain amount of discipline, right? Like, I mean, you are such a disciplined individual where, you know, you can, when I think of some of the audience members that may be like listening to this, they may be thinking, oh, okay, cool. That's a strategy. I'm going to write it down. And then, you know, just, it's kind of like weight loss, right? Like everybody says, oh yeah, start of the year. I'm going to do this. And, you know, here's my game plan. And they do it for like three weeks, maybe six. And then something happens and like they miss one. And then they miss two and then they miss three. Like, how do you overcome that? Like, what is your secret sauce when it comes to maintaining that kind of discipline, right? Because it's rare for me to hear this from a lot of like other guests that when they come on board and they're sort of like, oh, you know, you know, they were very fortunate to have other mentors that opened the doors. But here you are like kicking down doors because, you know, you're like, this is the door that I want to kick down. And now that I've done, I'm going to find another door. Like that level of discipline, urgency, like commitment, it's, it's really rare. And I love to hear this. So how do you maintain that kind of discipline? So one, one thing is find something that motivates you, right? So what motivates me is sometimes is not the wins, right? It's the failures. So why Mm -hmm. did I fail? What's the reason why was, was, was I not strategic enough? Did I not write well? Am I not an expert on this topic? Do I need to read more? Do I need to network more? Or is it just political? Sometimes it's just political. Sometimes someone just won't let you in for whatever reason. And that's the thing. But then you just wait. And if that person, the position, a lot of times the positions in the industries change. So sometimes you just positions change and, and then the opportunity's there. Maria, with a brand new year, I guess, you know, one of the questions I'm always curious to know is like, what do you, what have you set for yourself as your next milestone or your next mountain to climb? Like you've done a lot of great things. You continue to be a strong force uh, and a, a phenomenal ambassador of, of optometrists across the board. So when you think about what's up and coming next, like what have you decided to say, hey, this is what I really want to see happen. And, and I'm going to work my tail off. So that way, when we get to 2024, like this is where I'm going to you know, plant a flag and says, I did it. Yeah, I, I would really like to get out there more um, conferences and things like that and talk to more ODs and, um, you know, just see what else I can do to kind of help uh, push the industry forward and change some some misconceptions and some some mindsets in the industry. And I think, you know, just continue to grow a business and, and create a business as well. Um, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort. You have to be um, kind of mentally tough to do so. And, you know, hopefully, you know, have some projects or some offers out there to purchase another practice too. So we'll see. It's That's always been um, tough because it, it's just getting, you know, the, 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 the seller to agree and have making the right deal. Um, you know, a lot of ODs will say that, you know, they bought it, but it's got to be a good deal. It's just because it's a deal and doesn't make it need to do it. Sometimes walking away, sometimes is a better deal than, than doing it. Is there a separate milestone that you have for corporate OD alliances? Do you think that there's something that you've kind of set to say, Hey, you know, we've, we've done so well so far, but now we need to break out of the norm, kind of like a Kobe Right. Like we're going to set up a brand new pinnacle. We're going to go do something totally un unmatched with any other professional association out there that caters to this group. What else is uh, high on your list? For I would love, 
Yeah, I mean, I would love to grow it more. I would like it to be the the group, um, but I do collaborate with others. I mean, others that are competitors um, per se that other uh, people wouldn't. But I I think we all together have uh, to do more. There's always ways that we can work together, and it not necessary. I never saw this as a monetary thing. I mean, uh, I obviously I do make income from it, but that's not the reason. You don't grow something like like this stuff on that. It's for purpose. It's grow. So I, you know, I would like it to be the, the place to be. I mean, for ODs and know it, make it a, a a big brand in the industry. I think people do know it. I mean, they associate the corporate optometry group. They know Maria Sampolis, which has been amazing. You know, it's it's been amazing because it's been a learning process. I had to learn how to build a website, do marketing, build a brand. Um, you know, get some negative feedback, which you never really do sometimes in optometry, right? Um, you come out of school and usually do well, and pa- patients like you and um, you have some authority and, um, it's, it's been great to, to challenge myself. That's what it is. It's kind of challenging yourself and knowing what your potential is. So thinking what your potential is, not someone else knowing, right. And you know, what's the next level, right. It's kind of like video games. You want to get to the next <laughs> level in the video game, but in life, why don't we don't want to get to the next level? Yeah. And you know, well, you get bored. So they'll let's... say the same thing. Get bored. You you mentioned this earlier, right? And I think that this is actually a really good segue into that. Like we talk about helping other people, and you know, you wish that you had had some mentors to help you get to the next level. And you know, now that you've had this opportunity to connect with so many uh, optometrists across the spectrum, like there are some that you've taken under your wing, uh, mostly young optometrists, I would presume. But you specifically call that the female optometrist. Do you still feel that there's like you know a growing need for mentors? For young female optometrists, do you feel that there's like now hit an equilibrium uh, or do you think that there's still lots more space to go in this space? And, and why do you feel that that might be the case? Yeah, um, I think there's opportunity for everyone. I think I th- even me, myself, I would love to get a mentor and think like learn. I continue to learn from different people. But um, but I think there's also opportunity. You know, I did a webinar I did with um, University Backlash like Gender Inequalities, learned a lot, did some research. Uh, put some stuff together and um, content that wasn't out there in the industry with women optometry wrote some articles on, you know, we need a mentor, but we also need sponsors. But, but if there's nobody up top at sponsorship, how do we move up? If 70% of the you know class is female, but the leadership, there's a leadership gap, there's a pay gap. And it's not just here, it's all over the world and uh, country. So we have some data from the UK um, that has laws that you have to sh- companies have to show. Um, and did some of that. So it's been enlightening to be able to do that. And, um, you know, maybe I've been the person to bring up those difficult conversations, but I guess I've done that over the years. And, um, but that's okay. I mean, it just makes, makes just mentally tougher, stronger. Um, I think gotten some respect and, but some things that need to be discussed. And for an industry, how do we work with you know, 70% female, what do they want? How do we get there? And then I do talk to a lot of, you know, young ODs. They want to be involved in industry, industry roles. They don't know how to get there. Um, so, and a lot of them, some industrials are within corporate optometry. So they'll reach out and ask and, and things like that. And, um, you know, I'll give them my advice. There's no roadmap, blueprint or anything like that. Um, but I, I'm happy to do that. I mean, I'm not viewed as a competitor. I'm not looking to, you know, take anyone's position. I, I create my own positions if I want one. Right. So, um, and, and so I'm happy to do that. And I, you know, I think we do need more sponsors out there. They're willing to do that. Um, and not feel 
uh, threatened that someone might take their position. I think I think the real mentors, the real sponsors, the real leaders in the industry uh, are the ones that create more leaders, are the ones that will help you and and are not threatened by their position or something like that. So I, I, I think the ones, the people that have over the years uh, kept information, try to get ahead, use one person to get a, they usually don't, right? Because again, it's those building blocks. They don't have it. it, it it's only so much and um, people can see through that. So um, I, I think, I think that's important. And, um, you know, I, I still think there is some room to grow in our industry um, with females in optometry and leadership positions, gap practices for sale, sublease opportunities that are lucrative um, and things like that. And, and unfortunately, you know, when I started off, I was overlooked. Um, you know, I kind of believed in myself and what I knew and I, may, I needed to work. Don't get me wrong. I needed to work on stuff and and still need to work on things. And there's always ways to get better, but um, you know, you're overlooked. So you have that, you know, how do you get ahead if people have a misconception? Well, she has young kids. She's not going to be able to do this or she don't know, you know, and, or she's now, now the thing is she's too busy. Well, if I want to do something, I don't, it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to, I'm going to do it, uh, prioritize or, 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 or do it. Um, it's what you're passionate about. So I think, I think it's good. And I think just getting different perspectives out there, whether it's female, corporate OD, young OD. Um, and I, there's a lot of young ODs in general that are knocking on doors that want to get leadership positions and, and can't, or, or it's just been, it's just the door has been blocked for a little bit. Um, but I, I say, use it as your advantage, you know, wrote some articles on being an underdog in optometry. Um, it, use it to your advantage because you know what, they're not, your competitors aren't focusing on you. Let them, um, you know, not think that you're, you know, you can be a threat. So, and that's, that's the biggest growth that you can have sometimes. So Maria, when you think about some of the people that you meet, where you give them the encouragement, uh, the confidence and the pathway to help them, you know, move into new roles, you know, what are some of the resources that you also provide for them? Like, you know, I know Coda is, you know, really big in terms of professional education, right? But it's also pretty big on personal development and leadership development. So is there a particular resource that you have, you know, gleaned a lot of valuable insights and now you share with others? Maybe there's a speaker or an author or a book that you kind of like rely on as like a not I don't want to say a crutch, but like a, it's a pillar or a foundation for others where you say, hey, this helped me. You really need to watch this, read this and practice it because here's why it made a difference for me. Sure. I mean, I think a book, uh, you know, power of, of uh, positive thinking. Um and I think that it, cause it's all about your mindset, right? You can see an opportunity. Some might see an opportunity. Some might see a threat. Um, and I think it's your vision. Like you have to, it, it's either, you know, it, whether you have it or not, unfortunately sometimes, but it's changing that. And it's how we grow up sometimes and, and the environments that we are and who we're surrounded by with people. And if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room, right? Um, you want to be in an uncomfortable. So I'll go to conferences. Each conference is different for me, right? So I went to the AOA. There's a different, it's different doctors there. I go to the academy. There's different doctors there. So you may, you're on, I'm on. So if I feel uncomfortable after leaving a meeting, I'm like, all right, great. I'm going to have personal growth. I'm going to do better. I got to be better clinically at this. I went to the practice management meeting where these people have multiple practices, big practices. What can I do to take from this to learn? And Hey, maybe I'm not 
thinking as good as I am in, in my business um, by going to this meeting. So I say, you know, you got to continue to read. Um, you know, I, I think when I first started, I was always reading ROB, Pentavision Magazine, things like that for practice management stuff, because I love that stuff. So I'll read that. But then over the time, it seems like there's the same information that doctors put in, the authors, and, and that's great, right? So that means that, that, that I'm comfortable with that stuff. So now I'm starting to read other things, Forbes Magazine, um, podcasts that I'll listen to, sometimes being busy, like um, audio books in the car or downtime, uh, YouTube videos that give me like five minute information, quick things um, to be like, oh, that's how I think. Oh, this, okay, so that's good. I'm on target, get your confidence. Um, and just continue to learn. I mean, it's not, it's not, but it might work for me because that relates to me, but maybe another speaker relates to you. Um, so I think that's important. And I've, you know, read other things outside and what other healthcare is doing, right? Um, maybe it's pharmacy magazine or whatever, but, um, you know, try to think outside the box differently because we all have the same problems in business, customer acquisition, marketing, um, re retaining talent, um, taking a business scale to the next level, see what they're doing there. And then just in real life, have your eyes open, see who's, who's been local in your bit, in your community, who's done very well and been successful and walked through COVID and what, what it is. Sometimes it's worth that. Sometimes it's a little bit of luck, but luck takes you so far. And, but it's that work ethic and, and being, and being, um, you know, connections, uh, strategic alliances, partnerships, loyalty in the community, People have to like you, um, but you have to give back to the community too. It's not a just give. Um, even when I talk to ODs, I get a lot from young ODs too, because you know it's just different perspective learning. And I get motivated. I get energy from talking to other people. Um, so some people will say to me, "You, I don't know how much time. Like, do you value your time? Like, or I don't want to tell. I don't want to help another ODs because I'm not getting paid for it as a consultant. And I'm like, well, you." 15 minutes. I mean, that's, that's their mindset. That's their thought. But I'm like, you'll never get ahead because you think like that. Um, you get so much more out of people. And as you mentor, but some people will give back. Right. So over time, you know, maybe it's another door that they open for you in the future. So it's, but it's not even, but it's, if you're successful and you're, you're giving more, you give more, um, you're more of a giver than a taker. And I think that's been one of the ways that I've been successful over the years because I've always willing to help, always do the project. Even when I was at, before this all started, do on more help and take on the sublease, do fill in work to help out. Um, for me, it was like different clientele, um, obviously make more money, see if I could handle a multiple sublease, what it was like, le uh, learn from opticians, different areas. I always talk to different people. It's not just doctors and things like that because you learn so much, right? And um, I even bounce off some ideas uh, off my office manager too. She's younger. She's it's it's different generation. Yep. Just just different mindset. What is, they have what a, a different level of understanding in, in a lot of different ways. Maria, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to be on the Healthcare and Hire podcast. I'm also excited that you were able to come and really. Build up a lot of you know motivation and provide influence and inspiration to the audience today. I know that there's going to be some many great things that we should be looking out for from Corporate OD Alliance and the many things that you do. Uh, and I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing you continuing to take healthcare to a higher level. Thank you so much for having me. It's
Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Healthcare and Hire podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow and subscribe for more. I'm your host, Iqbal Acha, and I invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know what you thought about this episode or my show in general. Also, visit me at www.achainternational.com to learn more about how I help healthcare professionals and healthcare leaders advance their career, build a better brand, and create a leadership legacy. I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, let's keep working to take healthcare to a higher level.